0: Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell Tell your your story. story. So Dwight, since we're talking about foreshadowing and clues, one of the things that we need to talk about as well, because this helps, is how to improvise. Yeah, let's talk about improvisation. Most people think improvisation, they think comedy club, and no. But yes. (laughs) So... In improv, the answer is to say yes and never no. But because the concept is to keep the joke going and going long, but in gaming you can't say yes and to every crazy, insane player request. Mm-hmm. So there are two ways to do improv. And first, I want to say that I actually do cover improv uh, to a greater degree than what we'll do here in my just enough planning course which you can find on skullrpgcom slash courses Uh, not only does it cover improv it really actually covers how to plan out your entire game from the campaign level to the um, the subplot level to the individual gaming sessions and the workbooks available in there are are expandable to the extent that you could literally plan out a game for a year 10 years 20 years 100 years um, of real time Mm -hmm. but anyway regardless Improv is ju- is the balance of having planning done just enough that you can pivot off of it. So I like to plan big events. I will have, like we talked about in the uh, foreshadowing, I will plan out the story I want to tell around the big bad or something else, and I'll plan out the things I need to have in place for that to happen. <laughs> Let's say that they need to go see a mini boss in uh, like level one, level one uh, mini boss, to get this little piece of paper that actually reveals the big bad's real name, but they won't know that for two years from now. In real, in reality, well, let's say they decide to stone shape or do some other crazy thing, and they literally go a different direction and they avoid that room. What do you do? One of the things I would do is, who says that that room was there? They might exactly. have just stone shaped into another room that leads to that to, to that room. Couple doors down right because at the end of the day let's just be honest who has the official map you do as the gm right the gm has it who says it's officially the map Uh, the gm does Mm -hmm. who can change the map at any time uh the gm can so what i like to do is plan out events and these events are set in stone you'll you'll have to do them how they happen or when they happen is really up to the players but at the end of the day i have events that have to take place you're going to have to fight this mini boss. So even though you didn't go, you went left instead of going right, and you somehow figured out how to stone shape through to get, quote unquote, out of this level without fighting anybody that I need you to fight, I'm going to change how the entire map is played so that you Mm -hmm. are now forced to fight that person. Um, And that's exactly how I would do it. So that's one example of improv where you you think everything's gone. Same thing would happen with the hook you have some really weird bloodthirsty players and you introduce a guy and they kill him and they're not supposed to kill him. Well, who's to say that now there's not a note on his person that gives the information he would have given in person. You know what I mean? Improv is the act of just taking what's thrown at you and dealing with it. Another thing that improv is, so this is what I see with new players. New player gets into a DD game and they're like, okay, this is what I want to do. I'm going to jump up on the table. I'm going to run across this room um, on the tables in this tavern, where there's food on the tables, I'm gonna do a cartwheel off of the table, jump 30 feet in the air, and kick this guy like 17 times in the face. And you're like, "Cool, level three fighter." Um, let's. I could dash your hopes and tell you no, or what I normally do is I say, "Okay, so here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna have to do. You're gonna need to do a jump check onto the table, balance check across the table. You're gonna have to do an acrobatics check." Off of the table for that cartwheel, you need to do another jump check. And to jump thirty feet in the air, you're going to have to do like a jump, like I don't know, sixty or something like that, per the rules. So mm-hmm. since you're you got like four ranks in it, I just don't see that happening. And then, assuming you can do that, you want to do how many kicks? Okay, well, first of all, you want to kick once. So you want to do a kick. By the way, that's you're you're a fighter, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you have unarmed fighting feet? No. No. Okay. Well, then your 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 kick is at a minus four. Awesome. Uh, so you're at a bar. How many traits did you say you had so far? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now we have minus two with all those rolls, or rather, I could look at them and say, you know what, you could do since you're a level three fighter, you could just stand up, unsheath your sword, and go over there menace- menacingly to try to do something, and then maybe get an attack off. Cool. Not as cool sounding. But here's the deal. If the player says, no, I'm going to do what I just said I did, fine. Roll the jump check. Cool, he makes it. Roll the balance check. Cool, you make it. Okay, so you do the acrobatics check, and you fail it. Cool, now you're flat on your face, and you are now prone. And it's going to take one action for you to stand up, and as you do so, you're going to have an attack of opportunity on you. So you can see that maybe this isn't the best thing to do. And it's always happens to the new players that somehow they think their level 2 fighter is somehow a god. Now that said, when they're level f- like, let's say you're, you know, your 20th level rogue with a bunch of magical items comes up to me and wants to do some of that, chances are probably the answer is yeah, go ahead, start rolling. You know what to do. And they might be able to land some of that. That said, I'm also okay with you know pushing back on the players where they say something like, Is that what you really want to say? No. Okay, cool. What do you really want to say then? And we kind of move it through and figure out what they want to do. So I see the GM's rule as being helpful and teaching. And then as far as improv goes, you never know what the players want to do. I never try to shut the players down unless it's going to break my game. Mm -hmm. And then other than that, if they're doing something that, quote unquote, could break my game, I'm going to ask myself, can I just move stuff around and have it not break my game and my story? And if the answer is yes, I'll just move stuff around. If the answer is no, well, here's the deal. You don't want to have this thing where it's like, you create this unpenetrable railroad. I was reading a Knights of the Dinner Table fun webic web, uh, actual physical comic about gaming from like the nineties. And I think it's still in publication today. And one of the things that they had was the GM had literally drawn a map that was a clearing, a path and a castle. And the players are like, we don't want to go to the path. We're going to cut through the trees. And so the GM's like, fine. And instead of them cutting through the trees to get to the castle, he literally just had, like, 80,000 miles of trees somehow. And he cut through. Yeah. And the idea was for them to go back and go to the castle. It's not... That doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. It's You're going to lose that control war. So instead, like, fine, you cut through. Oh, look, you found a magical castle. Who would have thought... Everywhere you go, the castle keeps catching up to you somehow. <laughs> yeah, everywhere you go, that castle's going to go there because it need you to get to the castle. And that seems like a railroad. In that case, it would be because that's a horrible way to play. But if you have to have them do something, then they do it because that's what they go to. So even if they think, oh, I'm just going to start stone shaping every wall to not have to go through your stupid little dungeon. First of all, you have a problem with your players you need to address. But second of all... When that happens, you can just simply move the thing you need them to encounter behind the next stone-shaped wall that they open up. Mm -hmm. And that is how I deal with improv in my games. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to SkullRPG.com.